Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here joined by Marty Party and Lil Cheesecake tonight. Marty Party, is that a Colorado Rockies hat? That's a change up for you. Yes, sir. We have the, you know, I'm showing some love for my Colorado Rockies. I love the state of Colorado. I love Denver. Um, you know, we got some some good green there that you can have legally, you know, all that beautiful type of stuff. So yeah, rocking the Rockies. They need some support, man. I mean, who's a Rocky fan these days? It's tough out there. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to admit that publicly these days. So uh, but awesome hat nonetheless, and also the man that brings his baseball hat every week, a little cheesecake in the house, his one decoration, we, we were talking about this before the show, Marty and I have blank white walls, and the little cheesecake is the one breaking the trend here with his one t-shirt he has hung up in the background. Not, it's not even a sports going. t-shirt. It's not even a sports t-shirt. It's going, it's going great, man. It's great to see you guys. It's a shame our boy isn't here. Unfortunate. Kickball injury, sending him out, putting him on the IL with a concussion. He's in concussion protocol right now <laughs> from yeah. kickball. Uh, we, we heard the story. We're not going to share details. It's gruesome. No one wants to hear that story. But uh, yeah. pour a little out for your homie tonight, everybody. For Doc on the seven-day IL with a concussion from co-ed kickball. He should be back hopefully next week. He's feeling a lot better, but trying to keep his screens limited as he's kind of recovering from everything. So we'll miss him tonight. I think Marty is going to be able to get through his two-start pitchers without being in a fly by, man. This will be a 30-minute episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> not, not a filler there from Doc. But uh, I'm pumped to do the show with you guys tonight. It's been a chaotic week for me, but this is something that's always kind of just brings you back to homeostasis is doing this podcast. So without further ado, let's do how we always do. And let's get things started with the Triple Play Fantasy Rundown. All right, players that wowed us over the last seven days since our last episode. Kicking things off with Joey Manessis, the first baseman for the Washington Nationals. Over his last seven games, a 346, 370, 500 slash line. One home run. He's got three runs, a walk, and four strikeouts over that time. He's played 13 of the last 15 games for the Nats. Only a 15.4% K rate on the year, barreling balls at 12% of his at-bats. Granted, again, very limited sample size as he only has 52 plate appearances. But what gets me excited about Joey Manessis for the rest of this season is he's going to get a lot of playing time as the Nats have just been obviously one of the worst teams in baseball. And Playing time at this point in the season for fantasy is a big deal. And again, maybe he's not going to be a weak winner for you, but he's someone that can accumulate some stats for you if you do need guys to get plate appearances at this point in the year. And again, the K's 15.4% K rate, he's going to put the ball in play. So he's somebody that if he's out on the waiver wire and I would say like a 15-team league, he's definitely worth a pickup. If I would say if you're anything shallow, like 12 or 10, maybe I'd be a little bit more skeptical on doing so, but 15 teams are deeper. This guy needs to be rostered. So make sure you pick up some Joey Manessis in those deeper leagues. Next player, we don't usually do this, but we're going to repeat a guy because he's just been so dang awesome. And that's Vaughn Grissom of the Atlanta Braves. Who over the last seven days, a 400, 464, 600 slash line, one home run, five RBIs, eight runs, three walks to five Ks and a stolen base. He's had multiple hits in five of his first eight games. And for people that were concerned that he might lose playing time when Ozzie Albies and Orlando Arcia come back, Marcelo soon has been sitting recently. A bunch of games he's had his bat taken out of the lineup. Marty, I think as long as Grissom continues to hit, he's going to get plate appearances. For those that were worried about that, I think they'll be there. What are you doing with Vaughn Grissom? Is he somebody you think you can count on the rest of the season? Now, that, that is the question. I think right now you have to roster him in every type of league, 10, 12, 15 team league. You have to pick him up. I picked him up in TGFBI and GLARP. I have a lot, uh, I probably have more money than I should. So I spent a, a pretty penny to make sure I got him. 
He's still only 61% rostered in Yahoo League, so it's possible he's still out there for you. Now, in a few weeks when Albies does come back, that may be, you know, he may take a little bit of a step back. We don't know if he's going to play at, uh, you know, if he's going to go over. Can't Swanson's there at shortstop. He's been playing like an all-star all year. So maybe he will go to the outfield. Um, he doesn't have too much playing time or experience there. But like you said, Ozuna has been pretty brutal. I mean, five out of the last eight games, he has multi-hits. In the minors, you know, he was a really big contact guy. And it looks like so far he's found power almost instantly here in the pros. So uh, he looks good there. We're seeing him even. He's got two steals. So we all need a little bit of uh, a little bit of speed. So ride the wave until it crashes, no matter what league you have him. you got to scoop him up. Vaughn Grissom, a must-add. And I think probably out of everybody we talk about on this episode, Somebody that you need to make sure you roster. He, he could be somebody that uh, I've heard a couple of people say he could be that league winner. Somebody that is the, the game changer for you down the stretch here. Next player on this list. Let's talk about Emmanuel Rivera over his last seven days. A three, or I'm sorry, 292, 370, 750 slash line, three home runs, five RBIs, five runs, two doubles to seven Ks. He is splitting time with Josh Roas at third base for his lack of defense. He's kind of the bat. When they put him there, and Roas is kind of for when they need the defense there. Uh, but above average uh, home hard hit rate and K rate on the season. I, again, maybe a serviceable player here. His last four or five games has not been too great after a nice stretch. LC, is he somebody that you're looking at, or do you think we missed out on the hot stretch and someone you're leaving on your wire? I think we missed out on the hot stretch. It was in Colorado. I do, I do think you can look at Emmanuel Rivera. He came in with a reputation of being a person who could hit lefties pretty well. And Arizona is giving him a good look. I think if he's facing lefties, uh, if there's a run of lefties, and, and the NL West has a lot of lefties, there's a run of lefties coming up. He's going to be getting playing time in those games. Uh, he's got, and he, he does have the potential to run into a few home runs, but I don't think he's anything special. I think, he, you know, he was, he was like a under 100 WRC plus player when he was with Kansas City. This season, so uh, I, I think we're just seeing a hot streak and a little Colorado magic. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I didn't even realize about the Coors Field until you just brought that up. That's, I think that's a, a really good point to add there for Emmanuel Rivera. Somebody probably good left on your wire unless you're in the deepest of leagues. Last hitter we'll talk about Brett Beatty, who was called up yesterday by the New York Mets, which was very surprising considering he only played six games at Triple A. He had 312 in double A, 89 games, and 364 in AAA. Somebody that's known to have very high power grade of you look across fan graphs, MLB.com prospect analysis. Again, talking about just how great this kid's bat is, the power side of things. Does have some ground ball problems as he hit an over 50% ground ball rate last season. Uh, but called it yesterday a home run in his first major league at bat, one for four on the day with zero strikeouts. And today, currently one for two in the game the Mets are playing right now with one hard hit ball in that game. So early on, making some noise for the New York Mets has great prospect pedigree, just drafted a couple seasons ago, and he's playing third base where the Mets didn't have a steady option there at that position. So Brett Beatty is another player that if he continues to show what his bat can do, and again, you can see it in double A and triple A, he was doing just that. Maybe not to the Vaughn Grissom level, but somebody that if you need a corner uh, infielder, he could be a nice piece in those 12 or 15 team leagues that could help you out down the stretch, especially if you need some power. So Brett Beatty is definitely, I think, worth the pickup if he's out there in your league. Let's talk about a closer, which we do every once in a while on this show, on the show, Alexis Diaz, which, guys, you know who he's related to. V. Diaz? The Mets Diaz? Yeah, he's Edwin Diaz's brother. Which I didn't Ooh. know until earlier today. Over, and does he like, have the same walk-in music? No, that's a good question. I, I, they have similar deliveries. Their deliveries they? look a lot alike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, over his last seven days, four point two innings, two hits, no runs allowed, two walks, and ten strikeouts, one save. He has five saves on the season since August sixth, and only one earned run allowed in his last seventeen appearances. Elsie, he seems like he's going to be the closer for Cincinnati down the stretch here. And we need closers because there's so many teams that rotate that job. Is he somebody that no matter the league, if you need saves, you are going after this guy? I think so. I think he's been, I mean, as you can see, you put it up there on the screen. 16 of his last 17 appearances have had zero run runs. On the season, he has four wins. He has five saves. He's been getting 
two he's been getting two inning stints, one in, over one inning stints with them with Cincinnati recently. Uh you you gotta hold on to you gotta go after a guy like this. Uh Hunter Strickland had had the job um kind of just converting easy save opportunities faltered. Diaz is the guy now. I think they're going to go to him in all their highest leverage situations, which might mean that he doesn't get all the save opportunities. But I think he's going to definitely be getting save opportunities. He's the first option in the ninth inning when they need uh, when they need to shut it down. And he's been pitching fantastically. Uh, he's got a .91 whip on the season and a 1.75 ERA. So it's it's been good it's been good for a while, um, but he's now just getting those opportunities. So you got to swipe, uh, snap him up. Yeah, again, saves are so valuable at this point in the season, and Diaz looks like he's locked in in that role, especially with how many closers Cincinnati's had just falter down the stretch. So very much interested in Mister Diaz. Another pitcher we have to talk about here in starting pitcher variety, Kyle Gibson. His last two starts, twelve innings, twelve hits, a three seven five ERA. Two walks of 14 strikeouts, but over his last 26 innings, which spans four starts, a 276 ERA, 18 hits, and 22 strikeouts. Marty Party, are these actual changes in his profile we're seeing where he could be worth a pickup? Or is it just because he's playing weak opponents? I know he's played the Braves, and that was impressive, but I believe mm-hmm. his other three starts were against like the Nats, I want to say the Pirates, and like the Marlins or something like that. It was something yep. along those lines. So. Is he somebody that you're going to trust, or you think it's just matchup-based? I think it is matchup-based, but overall, I love Gibby. Kyle Gibson's done a great job all year. He's only 44% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Over 127 innings the entire year, he has a 4.07 XERA. Now, obviously, that's not elite, but that can play. And the Phillies are 6-10 and 10 over the last 10 games, or 6-4 and four over the last 10 games, so we're starting to see them pick it up a little bit, so the wins could possibly be there. He goes very deep into games. So as you'll see this, as the the year ends, you're going to see a lot of younger pitchers. You know, they're going to start to curb uh, their innings. You know, you're, so you're going to have to kind of worry about that. Um, Gibson has six quality starts in his last seven games. And overall, he has 13 quality starts on the year. So if you are in a quality starts league, he's one of the, he's honestly elite. He has more quality starts than Dylan Cease, Shohei Otani, Nestor Cortez, and Tony Gonsolin. So, I mean, those are some pretty great names. And then when you look at his schedule coming up here, so he has a start in against the Mets uh, versus New York. That one's obviously going to be tough. After that, they play the Reds, the Pirates, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the the Marlins, and then the Nationals, and then the Marlins. So a lot of great matchups coming up. So if Gibson's out there on your waiver wire, scoop him up. Gibson, definitely an interesting play at this point down the stretch here. Let's talk about Edward Cabrera, another Marlins pitcher that's been just on fire. Last two starts, nine only 9.2 innings, so he hasn't been going deep into games. Six hits, zero earned runs over that time, four walks to 13 strikeouts. But something that's very interesting, he's only allowed more than three hits in one of his seven starts since June, but he has not gone six innings in a start since June 7th. Now, just looking at Edward Cabrera's profile by start over his last few outings, he has increased the use of his four-seam fastball from earlier this season. Early on, he was using it anywhere from like 16 to 23% of the time. Now, it's uh, over his most recent starts, it's been up to as much as 36%. Uh, the sinker has been diminished until his last start, but he's been still heavily relying on that curve. The slider has been increased in usage, and the change has been about pretty steady. So it seems like he's just increased the use of his four-seam fastball while making sure the slider is still heavily utilized here. He's been somebody that's been electric for the Marlins down the stretch. And if he's out there, 10, 12, 15 team leagues, he needs to be picked up because Edward Cabrera has been serviceable. He'll give you strikeouts. He's going to keep your ERA in check and your whip. So Edward Cabrera on the pitching side, I think, deserves to be picked up as much as any of the guys we've talked about tonight. Last player we'll talk about here. Some I have a soft spot for J.P. Sears, and I don't know why. I, I think it's just because it looks like he, he does his job. It's not flashy, but... Last outing, five innings, no runs allowed, only two strikeouts. But in 16 innings between the Yankees and the Athletics this season, he was a part of the Frankie Montas trade. He's allowed 10 hits in those 16 innings, two earned runs. And I have to think there's a chance he's got to get some run with this Oakland rotation, depleted Oakland rotation that just lost Paul Blackford for the year. Marty Party, J.P. Sears, what do we think of him? Are we picking up J.P. Sears? Is he somebody... 
despite his low strikeout rate, that we should put in our lineup? Only in a really deep league. You know, I'm not completely buying in. You know, um, I'm thinking in a 10, 12 team league, just sit and wait approach. Look at his uh, career in the minors. It was pretty good. Over 282 innings. He had a 2.84 ERA. And, um, you know, he was a little prone to the uh, to the home run ball there. But luckily, he is an open. So we absolutely love that part for him. So I think if you are in a deep league, I think he'll be he'll be fine moving forward in a in a shallow league. Yeah, for me, he's a streamer. All right, JP Sears, I agree. I think he's a streamer. Play him in the right matchups. All right, let's go now to one of the triple play staples. Of course, LC is here. He is ready. It is time to bring out Shadet. Yes, the dead will come to the turn come to the cart. Bring the dead to the cart. Good, good, chip, chip, cheerio. Marty made a good point uh, in last night. I'm starting with this one, this slide. Marty made a good point about pitchers pitching less innings and Kyle Gibson still going six seven. We're starting with uh, with with Doc, who who uh, suggested Sean Mania uh, and. Uh, Benny Ogbiani, the uh, former Mets outfielder, maybe, or someone who's just using that name for a Twitter handle, uh, asks why his pitch count's been low. Good question, Benny. Uh, uh, D. Mandy suggested in Twitter, I did not put his tweet up, that it's they're, they're not giving him the third time through the order uh, thing. Th- th- this is a true thing. He went, uh, he went at least 86 pitches in 14 of his first 17 starts. And he's, uh, he's not gone over 83 in his last five, only averaging 76, really cutting his pitches down, Mania. Uh, so Doc is definitely feeling it. I dropped him a month ago, kicked myself to do it. Uh, it looked like it was the, the smart move. Now, Doc, not content to just give me one player to make a slide for. I put the second player he suggested on the same slide. Yeah, Penn Murphy. Uh, a middle reliever for Seattle, and I'm telling y'all, if you guys need some ratio ratio help, look to that Seattle bullpen. There's a lot of good arms up there. Penn Murphy had been a good one, giving up uh, earned runs in his last three outings. Looks like Doc caught caught it on the chin for two of those outings, at least. Tough one for you, Doc. Thanks for for sending in Manaya, it, it is kind of sweet to see that the guy who I was kicking myself for dropping, now you're kicking yourself for picking up. It's a sweet one. Next to uh, Luis Robert from last week, CF Waco. ROI is what he says. Return on investment. Now, this is a thing. Luis Robert hitting 301, 12 home runs, 11 stolen bases. So he's not, he's, he's doing okay. He's, he's giving you production. But he has only played 83 of 119 games played. The latest update from CBS Sports is that he's trying to swing. Um, but, uh, you know, he's not sure. He's supposed to take batting practice today. Is he going to be, is there going to be a little bit of soreness in the hand when he's swinging? That's going to determine when he comes back. He pinch ran yesterday, though. They're not putting him on the, uh, on the IL. Um, and there's a lot of White Sox fans want to know why they're playing games. With saying what, how injured he actually is, um, and how annoyed they are about how the White Sox lie about the availability of their, of their injured players. Um, I also love this picture. This is Luis Robert in, in minor leagues. His hat is a, is a howling wolf. I, I, I don't know what minor league team that is. I want to get that hat. <laughs> it's a pretty cool one. Brandon Lowe, Fishy Fisher 82 suggests Brandon Lowe, um, Brandon Lowe is 567th rated player on the Rasball Player Raider. Definitely drafted him in the top 100. Negative $8 player. His hard hit percentage is down. His walk percentage is down. His power is down. His average is down. X Woba down and X Slug down. Of course, uh, going through some, some, some injury troubles. All different kinds of fans. You got one fan who says, Brandon Lowe just sucks, dude. I need him off of my team immediately. While another fan said, very compassionately, Brandon Lowe should take the time to heal now. We are going to need him to be 100% down the stretch. He's not healed now. He's not helping your fantasy baseball team. Fishy Fisher, sorry, he's been clogging you up. 567 on Brandon Lowe. Brutal. Here's my first submission of the season, Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson has been clogging up my team. 
I don't know why I can't drop him because well, I know why. There's not good third baseman on the on the waiver wire. There's just nobody. So you're you're who are you gonna drop him for? There's just nobody. He's he's has 97 games played. The, the real thought was like Donaldson's gonna be good if he's healthy. Well, he's been pretty healthy. He's played almost 100 of 120 games, but he's hitting 223. He only has 12 home runs. He only has 87 runs plus RBIs in those 97 games. Not getting it done for me. He's a 306th rated player overall. Performance concerns. I did look up most similar value per plate appearance. Hunter Dozier and Elvis Andrews for, for Josh Donaldson. Not the company you want him to be keeping. Marty. Suggesting Riley Green. This is a tough one. Riley Green has been a, a, a weird, weird effect on the Detroit Tiger season so far. His injury, when he was going to be coming up, plus expectations, led to a trade for Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows is 27 years old. He's still with the Tigers organization. This year, though, has been a lost season. Zero home runs. He was removed from a rehab assignment yesterday for reevaluation, so it looks like he's not coming back anytime soon. Now they traded uh, Isak Paredes for him, who's who's hit some good home runs, fourteen of them so far this year, and a compensatory draft pick, which ended up being Ryan Cermak from Illinois State at outfielder. So keep an eye out for an ear out for that name. If Tampa Bay get, brings him up. This is another cost of this trade. This injury. The expectations of a of a dying dying GM to compete and make a and make a move. I do think that Meadows will pay off in the long run for him. This season was lost. Riley Green this year, thirty one percent K percentage, a three but a three twenty seven Babbitt. So he's hitting he's he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, he should have hit. He has four point two accepted expected home runs, only three home runs. What you're seeing now. Is that from the first half to the second half, his production dropped, his K rate skyrocketed. 122 plate appearances in the first half of this season, 122 in the second half. Batting average dropped from 252 to 205. Strikeouts raised from 31 to 44 over that 122 plate appearance sample. This is just the, the tale of a player who's having a tough adjustment period to the MLB. I think Riley. Uh, I think Riley's got a good shot for next season. Uh, I keep him in mind. Bo Bichette, suggested by Philip Dorsett, possibly one of the most disappointing players on the season. He is a he is the fiftieth rated player overall on Rasball, but he's not giving you steals. He has seven steals on the season. You were hoping for we were hoping for twenty to twenty five from him. He's not going to get there. Uh, his power, it's okay. He's hitting 260. He was hitting 300 last season. 50th rated placer, player. He was fourth overall on ADP, but he's still um, a $19 player on the season, which is respectable. Five more steals bumps him up from 50 to 35th overall player. He, he had 12 steals right now. Not on the pace that we had hoped, but closer. He'd be bumped up 15 spots on the overall player rate. Last but not least, Taysol81 suggests Chris Bryant and Fernando Tatis. Boy, the tale of two lost seasons right here. Tatis is uh, unquestionably bring out your dead most valuable player for 2022. I think that that award has been wrapped up. Uh, DeGrom might have been able to, uh, to catch him, but he's been too good since he got healthy. So, uh, Tatis... You're running away with this award, and with your suspension, there's no way that you're not going to keep this award this season. Chris Bryant, only 142 of 120 Rockies games. Injuries have been killing him. 125 WRC plus on this season, yay. Only five home runs, though. Uh, tough, tough, tough season for Chris Bryant with the injuries. Even tougher for Fernando Tatis with the injuries and that all stemmed from stupid decisions. So uh, bring out your dead cart. Carried off. Back to you guys. A lot of, a lot of people hurt this past week. Uh, mm -hmm. And Britton added a late addition here. Good evening, gents. Last minute addition to the cart today. Week at least, uh, what's the, 
Yankees, Lucas Giolito. He have eight hits and seven earned runs in three innings, and now is an ERA on the season of 534. Hit the Ooh. cart, Lucas. Oh, my God. It's so brutal. brutal. Sandy Alcantara is the number two overall pitcher. I'm You're the season. one bringing up this. I wasn't even going to say anything. You keep bringing this up. It keeps me up I mean, at night. You know what I mean? mean? What are you going to do? I don't think anybody saw this. This is this is the Lucas Giolito before Ethan Katz yeah. got there. It's the mm-hmm. 2019 Lucas yeah. Giolito who had the highest ERA of qualified pitchers. Yeah, he's completely turned into that, which is a bummer. He's a good dude. I, I watched him on the Rose rotation. He's a nice guy, but you know you hate to you hate to see it. And quickly, just a fun Boyd game to play. Uh, if you're a Detroit Tigers fan, which guy was more disappointing this year? Eduardo Rodriguez, Javi Baez, or Austin Meadows? Ooh. You could sit around and have a couple beers and, like, you know, that could be a debate. They were mm. all awful. I yeah. might say Javi Baez for the contract. That he because, he, well, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, if you put that into it. But Eduardo Rodriguez, he's not even, he hasn't yeah. really played. He yeah, hasn't played. a bunch. He'll be yeah. back Sunday, though, against the Angels, so keep an yes. eye out for that. Does any, do, do we know why, why he took time off? It was personal reasons, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he was having trouble with his spouse, and they didn't really go into it. Oh, um, no, that's what you. El, uh, Doc, even though he's not on the show, checking in. Art soothing dad, like bring out your dead voices, please. There you go. You're soothing him. There's your bedtime story. <laughs> bring out your dad. My pleasure. He's all standing for Lucas, and he says Austin Meadows gets his vote. The uh the vertigo is that still the thing with him the vertigo no, it's the most recently it was both his uh, Achilles were hurt he injured both Achilles muscles yeah that's good it's Achilles Detroit muscle I don't even know it doesn't matter the point is he can he can't even walk four Austin Meadows and four Detroit Tigers I I know I might have asked this before so forgive me if I did when was the last good contract they've given out after Miguel Cabrera because. I'm thinking in my head, it's like you look at obviously these contracts, the Jordan Zimmerman contract. Uh, I feel like they got uh, like a, like a free agent signing. Yeah, like who is a good free agent signing that's actually oh, lasted? Like I just you have to they, go back to like Gary Sheffield when he was on our team for like a year and he was pretty good. You know. Uh wait, wait, Sheffield. There, there's been yeah. You got Cabrera, Maglio, Ordonez was a free agent sign. Was he yeah, a that was before that. Yeah, that's true. That was before yeah, Cabrera. Yeah. That was before Victor Cabrera. Martinez. I was thinking Victor Martinez. V- Vmart, yeah. Yeah, Vmart was good. V- yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Maybe. But I love Prince Fielder. A lot of Tigers fans hate him because he wasn't good in the playoffs. But, I mean, he was really good for those two years. And then we traded him for Kinsler. Kinsler was pretty good. But, yeah. yeah. He, he didn't fall off when he was with Detroit. I remember. I forgot where he fell off. No, that it was Texas. Like, and he got a neck yeah. injury. And that was the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doc says Victor Martinez finished second MVP voting in 2011. Yeah, so was basically, really so basically, it's been a uh, decade. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's been, been a lot absolute. of franchises who have that. Not many have taken as many swings as the Tigers, and so I mean that's admirable. Well, you look at what Cleveland has done. They haven't given anyone contract except Ramirez. Except Ramirez. Well, not a bad one. Scope's yeah. been decent for the money. I, I guess that's, that's not, a good point, Brendan. Yeah, yeah. Not this year, but yeah. The two years before, he was pretty good. I remember hating the Tigers so much when they had uh, Maglio Ordonez, V-Mart, uh, obviously Cabrera. Uh, I remember Brennan, Brennan Bosch being an annoying thorn in my side. All with the Bosch. Uh, yeah. Goodness gracious, uh, Brennan Inge. I just, I remember hating that team. Just all the players on it. The 2011, 2012, 2013 team, you know, they yeah. were absolutely incredible from their pitching staff, which had like four Cy Young, you know, on it. It was absolutely incredible. And since, and the last thing on the Tigers, I know no one gives a damn about them, <laughs> as you shouldn't. But um, ever since the um, Mike Illich, who used to own the Tigers, since he passed away and his son, Chris Illich, took over the team, the team's been abysmal. The free agent signings have been awful. And he didn't. He blamed Alavila for the team and all their their signings. He didn't take any type of ownership. He's like, I'm not the GM. So the guy's a fool. The organization's in shambles. Hopefully next year will be better. I think it's always next year. <laughs> I'm That's take a drink. <laughs> there we go. I feel like we. I feel like uh, Marty. You. I may need to get you in on this Orioles project. Because I'm, I think it needs to expand to sons who take over for their fathers and screw up a franchise. 
because oh. I think I I think that that's a big thing in sports. Like yeah. we can give up come up with twenty examples of that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, for Ned, Torque and Green will come around. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Am I the only one that's really nervous about Spencer Torkelson? I, I think Riley. Well, you have Dean. to be nervous. He was number one overall pick, and I mean, yeah, I mean, this is his first, you know, really big go around. So we'll see. You know, I don't think he's obviously not worth dropping or anything like that in a dynasty league, but it couldn't have gone worse. And he's not doing very well at AAA. That's what I'm saying. I, and I've talked about this with Michael Richards on the call up show, uh, which if you guys haven't checked out every week on the podcast and YouTube. Uh, he said that he's had a problem with a way certain teams bring up prospects and that he thinks it ruins them once you know they if they're brought up too early or they're not properly prepared enough in the minors and he didn't necessarily name Detroit as one of those organizations but if, if you're a team that's having trouble bringing up prospects or you're bringing them up too soon or you're not getting the right coaching in the minor leagues you ruin their psyches you know for a long time the Tigers have proven they cannot develop any type of talent on either side of the ball. While looking at their young arms, from Mize to Manning, you know, even Scooble, who's going to be out, you know, with Tommy John surgery, you hop on. The last good draft pick was uh, Nick Castellanos. Mm-hmm. That was weeks ago. <laughs> this, this is an interesting Detroit Tigers talk here. Oh. I did not expect this to go this way, but I'm, um, I'm all for the pain. Of, I, I do want you guys to be good at some point because the Twins obviously are disappointing my like me like they always do so we need some team in the central besides the white Sox or the guardians which i feel like it's been Twins are doing good this year uh, other uh rest in peace to tyler molly and his uh bum shoulder outside of that they look pretty good yeah but they're always i mean if they make the playoffs they'll lose that, that's golly <laughs> man that is that is depressing it's Listeners, true we are sorry I, I promise we're okay mentally we're, we're fine we just got to get it out you know it's good to talk i i have been talking I don't know if I've ever publicly said this, but I've personally almost given up my fandom in baseball completely just for the, how much I've been destroyed by hopes for this team. And I'm, I'm pretty much have crossed over to the fantasy baseball realm where I care more about my players that I like across the league rather than my own team. Like if I, if I were you anytime I'm having a bad time, I would just pop in little big league and just enjoy, you know, enjoy a couple hours. Yeah. You know that's I mean? right, yeah. <laughs> Baseball just hurts us so, uh, especially after talking about bringing out your dad. We're just airing everything yeah, out. Now we're all airing it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's contagious. To, uh, to get back on track here, let's look at team schedules for the next week here. The Diamondbacks, Tigers, Padres, and Washington Nationals all play five games, while the St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago pl- uh, Cubs play eight games. So Cardinals and Cubs play eight. Diamondbacks. Tigers, Padres, Nationals play five. If I did not mention the team, otherwise it's either six or seven games for next week. We look at our most added players from this past week, and if I was smart, I would have gotten my sound effects ready, but we'll just move forward here. We have, for the second week in a row, and again, maybe this has happened and I just forgot it, where we've had the same player leading the most added by significant margin. Uh, Von Grissom topping it now at 73% roster on CBS. Joey Manessis, second on this list. Brett Beatty, Vinny Pasquantino, who Doc dropped in a league that we shared together, and that was been glorious. Justin Steele, Jose Quintana, Paul DeYoung, and Rowan Wick, the closer for the Cubs, are leading this list right here. Uh, <laughs> Marty, uh, Bryn says, did Marty move to Colorado because of his anger for the Tigers? That's a rocky path, right? Uh, I absolutely love Denver. If you have an opportunity to go to Coors Field, make sure you do. I'm still living here in Detroit. I'm still holding it down. But hopefully, somewhere down the line, my ultimate place to live is either Denver or San Diego. So, in 20 years, come find me. Right. Our most drop list, and a lot of times these are injuries. Fernando Tatis, we don't... Cheat. Yeah. Before... Can I... I don't want to derail this again, but let's... We got to talk about it for a second. For a second. Fernando Tatis suspended 80 games. For the suspension, are any of you guys do you, like? Do you think when he comes back that he is anywhere near the player he was, or was is he going to regress some without this? Like, I, I've been kind of thinking about it, like as much power as he's had, and I was like, maybe like if the power goes down some, he doesn't steal as much because of all the injuries. Like, could we be looking at some major regression from him when he comes back? Art, I want you to go. I've been talking a lot. 
I don't think so. I think he's too talented. I think if you were... There's an interesting discussion of where he would be in like a dynasty rankings right now that I, some people have been having. And I, I was listening to, in this league, they have him at fifth in the dynasty rankings still. There's a lot of respect there for him. I think if he's missing... It, it, one thing you have to remember, too, is that like if the Padres go far in the playoffs, those count towards his games. Mm-hmm. That he's so it might take games off of his next season, of his eighty games. If they play ten playoff games, that's ten playoff game. That's ten games off of his suspension for next season, which was going to be like thirty-two games or something like that for next year. So he'd be only twenty-two. But remember to count those games when you're looking into it. I still think he's a top. Well, he'd be like an injury, like if he, a guy missing the first month. He'd be like, how would, how much would you? And he's better like than a, like Acuna yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Acuna gradually jumped back up into the end of the first, but I don't think Tatis is going to do that. But I, I think he'll probably be a second rounder next year. Marty, are you going to draft him next year? No, I won't be drafting him. But I mean, twenty-three years old. And we have to remember, he's coming back from injury from a couple different ones. So maybe he was just doing that to, you know, to maintain what he already has. Now, there are stirrings. He's, he's completely a knucklehead status. I think we all agree that he's just a knucklehead until, you know, uh, until further proven otherwise. But, um, you know, the, the talent's there. He still led all, you know, all of baseball in 2021 in home runs. The speed's electric. He's one of the funnest players to watch. It's a black eye on baseball yet again. It's a bummer for everybody who owns the jerseys. All the kids growing up who looked up to him, it's, it's a bummer all the way around. But as far as his on-field status, if he's playing, he's going to be a top-five fantasy player, no doubt about it. Do you guys, I forgot where I heard this topic brought up, but I thought it was very interesting. Do you guys think he lost a shot at the Hall of Fame because of this? That this will define him in the sense that whatever he's up for at the Hall of Fame, assuming he doesn't get caught again with anything, that he will not get it? Well, we have to, so let's, let's think about this. We're about 25, 30 years away from when they would do that. I got love for the baseball writers now, but most, a lot of them that are making those decisions will be dead, you know, or at least they won't be doing it anymore. So it'll be mm-hmm. a brand new generation that will have a completely different outlook on this. I think if he stays clean and he does what he was on pace to do for, let's say he has a 15 year career and he owns it and he comes back and he says, yeah, I made a huge mistake as a kid, you know, and all of that stuff. I think it's absolutely possible. People still like Erod. Yeah, yeah, but he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame, though. Erod won't. But I'm saying uh, Fernando Tatis could. I'm saying with this new generation of baseball writers, you know, uh, starting from now on, it's possible. But a lot of people, you know, as Superbad said, people don't forget. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to think yes. It's a good point. Very much a long time away. People might have forgotten. At that point, it, it, I mean, I'm just, I'm just remembering also like with Ryan Braun and the track that he was on and then what happened after everything came out with him. And But his mm-hmm. was his was different because he said, no, I did not. And then he tested positive again for it. So he mm-hmm. got popped twice. On top yeah. Of that. So. yeah. A-Rod got popped twice. But Nelson Cruz, I mean, he everyone likes Nelson Cruz. They might t- like this is the thing with these writers. They'll turn their they'll turn a blind eye to guys they like, like. Like there's a, a lot of people from the '90s and 2000s who everyone knows actually did steroids, but there wasn't like a, a test that they failed. But like everyone knows Piazza did steroids. Everyone knows Bagwell did steroids. Everyone knows these guys did steroids. But there wasn't a test, and they liked these guys, so they eventually got in. It took a while, but they got in. And Cruz is going to be the same thing. They're going to put Cruz in. Um, I hope Marty's right that the next writers don't have this sort of weird standard that you can't define as to what sort of uh, performance enhancing drugs is good and what's bad. They wanted to make an example of Bonds and Clemens, but everyone else has just been ad hoc. I mean, they made an example of Sosa too, but like, it's just been ad hoc other than that. And I hope it, I hope it, it cleans up. It's, it's it, right now. It just feels stupid. Well said, both you guys. Uh, just real quick, the rest of that list, Tariq Skubal, who, like Marty said, TJ, he will drop in 25% of leagues, Matt Carpenter, Michael Brantley, Chris Flexen, Braxton Garrett, Paul Blackburn, and Kyle Lewis. Marty, let's go to you now for another triple play statement. 
And let's talk about your two start pitchers. No doc here, so we actually might get through this pretty quickly here. Yep, and uh, yes, this be for week 21. So, uh, you know, only about three or four more weeks, maybe five more weeks, depending on what, uh, where you're at. Um, head-to-head leagues, I think we have six weeks left in the season. But, yeah, these are the two start pitchers for week 21, starting out always with the Gwen Stefani and your no-doubters. Max Scherzer at the Yankees versus Colorado. Tony Gonsolin versus Milwaukee at the Marlins. And Robbie Ray, two supremo matchups here, versus Washington and versus the Guardians. Moving on to the Yeah, Why Nots. Miles Michaelis at Chicago Cubs versus the Braves. Jordan Montgomery at the Cubs versus Atlanta Braves. Michael Kopak at Kansas City versus Arizona. We got If you're a Chicago White Sox fan, I know your heart has been hurting, but you got to love what you've seen from Kopak. It's been a really good bounce back over these last few weeks when he had those, you know, I think a month or two where he was pretty brutal. Two great matchups next week again at Kansas City versus the Diamondbacks. Ranger Suarez versus Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. Two great um, matchups there. Sonny Gray, your boy, your boy David, versus Texas, versus the Giants. Edward Cabrera, he's moved up all the way to a yeah, why not? At Oakland versus the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers is going to be a tough one out there, but I love the at Oakland, and you just have to play him right now. There's no way you're going to sit him. Eric Lauer at the Dodgers versus the Cubs, and Wayno Adam Wainwright at the Chicago Cubs versus Atlanta. I think every team is playing the Cubs next week. Not sure. Um, moving on to the uh, risky business. It, isn't this weird without Doc? I need someone yelling at me. Is he yeah, I was, I was I was waiting to argue with this one. This is almost over with. with yeah, someone do something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> risky business. Tom Cruise sliding across your screen here. These are the guys that if you're in a deep league or you need your uh, counting stats or you're just desperate and you're you know you're feeling lucky, these are the guys to play. Eric Lauer has been delayed. I know Lauer has been delayed. It's true. It's true. I put him in the, uh, that's why he's in the, uh, in the should starts. But yeah, Ricky Business, he's Nathan Evaldi. Say what? He's Power Lauer when he's good. Power Lauer. I like it. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Nathan Evaldi versus Toronto versus the Rays. Corey Kluber uh, versus the Angels at Boston. Domingo Herman versus the Mets at Oakland. Nick Lodolo at Philly at Washington. Jake Odorizzi at Pittsburgh at St. Louis Cardinals. Ross Stripling at Boston versus the Angels. Dan Dunning at Colorado versus Detroit, and Daniel Lynch versus the White Sox versus San Diego, and Herman Marquez, who's having a little bit of a bounce back as well, versus Texas at the Mets. All right, here we go. I have a problem with Jake Odorizzi. What would you I put think, him at? I think he's in the take a seat because Pittsburgh, I think they just put up eight runs today. I, I think I have to check what they've been recently, but I don't think they've been as they've bad. Been well, I'm going to look for a second, but at St. Louis alone is really bad. St. Uh, Louis is an, is the eighth, eighth ranked team and, uh, in, in considering, uh, the WRC plus. So eighth ranked versus, and then Pittsburgh's 28th ranked. So let's say if you're sitting in a 15 team league, right? Do you, do you sit the two, two starts? Knowing that Lewis one of them is going to be glorious and the other one's going to be, you know, could be could be really tough. Jake Odorizzi is a righty, correct? He is a righty, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so over, I like to look at recent sample sizes. So I, I do this for what I do, pitching streamers uh, for fan tracks. And over the last two weeks, uh, in terms of against right-handed pitching, the Pittsburgh Pirates in WRC Plus are... Gamble powered. Oh god, they're last. <laughs> Gamble powered. I'm sorry, oh. what was that? They're what? They're last. Holy what, what's moly. St. Louis? St. Louis is mm. St. Louis is second. Okay, so it's, it's a, a really it's a, tough it's a Jekyll Hyde start. So if it you is. can tread water through the Cardinals, he has a good he has a good matchup. I'm not saying you need to play him. I'm saying that. There's a really good matchup. There's a bad matchup. That is risky business at its, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what risky business is. Uh, that's what I don't, we're doing. I, I don't think, I've already, would you play him? No. I would play Ross Stripling, I think. Well, Ross Stripling's actually been good. Yeah. Stripling, times out. Stripling only gave up one hit against the Orioles yesterday. Mm-hmm. I personally would not play Jake Ward easy, but I can understand why if you see the Pittsburgh start, you, see, you know, versus, uh, at the Cardinals, I could see I could see you possibly starting them, especially in a 15-team league. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, Doc. I'm glad you aren't there. 
Oh, anyway, right. we're moving on to the take a seat. Wait, good matchup, bad matchup, like Freddy Peralta. What is this Freddy Peralta stuff? He is a he is a Freddy Peralta fetish. Yeah, it's 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 really bizarre because number one, he's only pitched once this week so far, and then his I'm, I'm bringing now. I gotta go look at his uh, so Freddy Peralta. Okay, okay, here we go. Freddy Peralta, he's only pitched once so far against the Dodgers, uh, arguably the best team in baseball. Four innings, he had three strikeouts, uh, two point two five ERA. Hey, not too bad. Well, I'm taking the Doc stand this week, and I'm gonna say Jake Odorizzi is going to be a Sit, uh, take a seat because I do not trust them. Even though Pittsburgh has been really bad recently, that St. Louis starts. I think it's going to blow up his entire ratios this week. Possibly could. Possibly uh, and could. and Brent Allen says sneaky Ross Stripling six innings, six point one is one hit and seven Ks in his last start. So, Doc, I'm channeling you this week, man. I have to carry it for you, so I'm giving him a hard time. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. All right, moving on to the take a seats. Let's see if you can find any in there. Uh, Austin Voth versus the White Sox at Houston. Cole Reagans at Minnesota versus Detroit. Tucker Davidson at Tampa Bay at uh, Toronto. And Zach Logue, because I wrote it down, L-O-H-G, just so I would say it properly. Zach Logue versus the Marlins versus the Yanks. Uh, TJ Zook, as in close to puke, but it's Zook. So there you go, TJ Zook. At the Philly, at Philly, at Washington, Adam Aller versus Miami Marlins versus the Yanks. Rowenzi Contreras, he's back, guys. He's back. Uh, he's somebody I, I like to keep a look on, uh, Contreras. I actually think he might be pretty good long term. But um, he's a sit this week versus the Braves at Philly. And then Zach Plezak at San Diego at the Mariners. Yeah. Those are the two starters, baby. All right. Good work from Marty as always. We'll, I guess we'll keep an eye on Jake Odorizzi now. That's for sure. It's funny because now I'm going to like, like if Jake Ordizzi has a bad time or has a bad week, like you didn't get me. I don't think he's good. I'm saying he should be in the sits, not the risky business. Take a seats. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna switch it up a little bit just so Marty has a chance to take a breather. We're gonna go to the arts charts and trends next, and then we're gonna do weekend warriors. So, Elsie, why don't you go ahead and tell tell us some trends for this? Alright, let me unmute myself first because I'm a professional. Oh, me, I'm professional. Um, this week I decided to look up the, uh, Rasball Player Raiders. I was using it a lot for the Bring Out Your Dead and I, and I was noticing a lot of decent trends among players, uh, and, and how they were drafted this year, as well as some teams that had been producing a lot of good pitching performances this season and whether or not we could take some lessons into next season next season's drafts uh the first thing i wanted to look at this is just a, a trend uh, this is these are the top 23 pitchers uh this season so far on the player raider uh down roster starting pitching dart throws on good organizations have paid off in a big way this draft season out of the top 23 i think you could say that at least five are just down roster dart throws that you took on draft day. Guys who are all drafted ADP past pick 200. Tony Gonsolin has been the number three pitcher this season. Get a 285 ADP. Uh, Kyle Wright had a 580 ADP. He has been the number 17 pitcher. Tyler Anderson has been the 15 pitcher. He was a 492 ADP. Nestor Cortez was a 312 ADP. He's been the 18th pitcher. Tristan McKenzie. Uh, from the quote-unquote Cleveland Pitching Factory, who everyone wasn't sure whether or not they were going to do it this year. Been the 23rd best pitcher on this season so far, 222 ADP, the highest on this list. All of them in ADP over 200. Uh, I think there was reason to believe that each one of these guys could provide you with some upside. One of the things that I want to, to point out here is that uh, that all of them had had good good markers coming into the season, looking like they might have a chance at the rotation. Uh, I think um, Cortez pitched well down the stretch last year. Kyle Wright, I think, got a start in the playoffs last year. Anderson had a decent season and was picked up by the Dodgers. Tony Gonsolin, also a Dodgers down down roster uh, down roster pitcher that you just could have taken a. A flyer on. I was not in on these, a lot of these guys because I just didn't have the confidence. 
But look at what how they produced for you. These guys were just there with the possibility to, for, to, to give you something, something to remember. Some of the teams I also wanted to point out who have been doing very well on their uh, on their guys that you might have drafted and guys teams that have produced a lot of good pitchers, I should say. Uh, Cleveland seems to uh, seems to have produced a lot more good starting pitching this year. This year, Tristan McKenzie, Shane Bieber, and Cal Quantrill all in the top eighty-five pitchers. McKenzie and Quantrill were both down roster pitchers. Both picks past 200. Uh, a lot of doubters on this, but um, Cleveland once again producing good performances from these players. Houston has been great all season. A lot of, uh, Urquidy started out very slow, has picked it back up. Their, uh, their, their starting staff of Verlander, Valdez, Javier, Urquidy, and Garcia all in the top 53. Next season, I think you got to go back to the well with Houston on that one. Obviously, they've been fantastic. Uh, people who trusted in their pitching were really paid off. Milwaukee again producing another uh, a, a, a big bus, a big boom pick in Eric Lauer, who was picked well past pick two hundred, close to pick three hundred. Currently, the sixty second uh, rated pitcher overall. Uh, Freddie Peralta is at 190 due to injury. He'll be climbing back up. So uh, they once again produced a, a, a good boom pick. I think next year got to be Aaron Ashby's year next year uh, as he has the talent. And, uh, and they seem to be doing this every year. He looks like he's the next one in line. Four more teams I wanted to point out, obviously. Uh, most of these are good teams, very good teams. The Mets, of course, have a lot. But Carrasco, huge bounce back year for the Mets. 42nd rated pitcher overall. Taiwan Walker, 61. David Peterson, 98. All in the top 100 guys who are readily available well past the normal draft, their draft position normally. Carrasco very late. Peterson very late. Walker as well. Yankees, I wanted to show how their staff has developed. Jameson Tyon and Nestor Cortez. Both have been producing very good, both in the top 50 pitchers on, 52 pitchers on the season. Now their staff has Cortez, Cole, Tyon, and Frankie Montas. Severino possibly coming back, I think, um, mid-September. Do I have that right? Um, Seattle, yeah, yeah. Mid-September possibly for Severino. Ready for the playoffs, hopefully. Seattle. A lot of people wondering if Robbie Ray was a good signing. 36th best pitcher on the season. Robbie Ray seems to have been worth the investment. They now have Castillo, but look at that. Logan Gilbert, another guy. Scuffling up a little bit lately, but still number 47 overall in the season. And Kirby down there at 108. The uh, Seattle seems to, uh, as I said earlier, they, they are also a team that produce a lot of middle relievers this season that have been really helpful for ratios. If you're in a daily moves league and like to stream relief pitchers, Seattle has a lot of those good relief pitchers, and they, and they give them all a lot of run. I also wanted to point out Tampa Bay. And if you look at Tampa Bay, they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. They have like 12 pitchers that have been in the top 200 on the season. Tampa Bay's depth is amazing. But what is most surprising is that four – Four of their top seven pitchers are starters. Usually they have a relief dominant, but you got Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs, and Corey Kluber. Tampa Bay seems to know what they're doing. Put your trust in them again next draft season. These are the trends that I was looking at this week. Uh, I guess we'll get back to Marty for some good uh, Warriors, maybe. All right, nice work, LC, with those trends. And now it is time for Marty Party's Weekend Warriors. I thought I was going to keep going. That was actually... You know what? I want that to be the Weekend Warrior song from here on out. I like it. I'm with and um, before I hop into this, Freddie Peralta, four innings, one run against the Dodgers. I'm just saying. So there, there you go, Doc. Uh, hopefully I can uh, put you to sleep early tonight. So yeah, starting with the weekend warriors, this is the, uh, for August 19th through the 21st. So your Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matchups. As always, these are for my head to head people. So if you're in the points leagues, 
if you're in a head-to-head category league and you need somebody to maybe get you some counting stats going in over the weekend or you need some extra pictures for those Ks, for your wins, everything like that, these are the guys I recommend streaming. Starting with Edward Cabrera. So we've heard a lot about him already this uh, uh, tonight, so we don't have to go too far into him. But he has the A's this weekend, one of the worst um, hitting teams in all of baseball. He's still only 51% rostered. I think that more speaks to the fact that people are just kind of jumping off fantasy baseball. So, you know, they're hopping in the football. They're not as concentrated. So Cabrera could be uh, still on your waiver wire. Again, only 51% rostered. Uh, number two is going to be Justin Steele, Chicago Cubs. He's going against Milwaukee. He's only 28% rostered and over 107.2 innings this year. Steele has a 3.61 ERA. I'm sorry, an expected ERA of 3.61. So he's been sneaky. He's been really good. He just came off another great start versus Washington. So Justin Steele versus Milwaukee should be great for this weekend. And number three, I, Nick Pavetta at Baltimore. I was completely off the Nick Pavetta train. I think for the most part you should be. But as I talked about, this is going over the weekend. These are when you're desperate and you need somebody. Pavetta at Baltimore. Pavetta's 38% rostered. Uh, his last two games, his last two, uh, two times out, he has two quality starts in a row. His last game versus the Pirates, which, David, that was so nice of you to go over how bad just the Pirates are. Thank you for doing that. They are the worst hitting team in baseball over the last uh, two weeks versus righties. Uh, he only gave up one hit in seven innings. So, Pavetta, a little bit of a bounce back there. So, he looks a lot better at Baltimore, which we've already talked about. It's turning into a really good hit, uh, really good pitcher's park. Uh, now, moving on to your hitters. So, starting with Nico Horner of the Chicago, White, uh, Chicago Cubs. Sorry. Three games versus the Brewers, 51% rostered. He's a dual eligible at second base and shortstop. Over his um, over his last week he, or last two weeks, he's eight for 49. So he's batting 367 with a home run, four runs, and six RBI. But most importantly, everyone's hurting for steals. Corner's gotten three steals over the last few weeks. So if you need some steals, he could possibly get you them for this weekend. Uh, number two is going to be Vinny Pasquantino, Kansas City first baseman. Three games at Tampa Bay. He's still only 50% rostered. A lot of people moved on from him after, you know, he kind of cooled off. Um, so uh, over his last seven days, he's batting 500. He's 10 for 20. He has five runs, three home runs, and five RBIs. I like Pasquantino the rest of the year, and obviously in Dynasty and just moving forward. He's a, he's a, he's a good, uh, really good player. And then lastly, Hansong Kim. We've already went up Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, you know, he's going to be out for the rest of the year for obvious reasons. Uh, San Diego, he's got uh, dual eligibility or triple eligibility. Second base, third base, and shortstop, only 14% rostered. Obviously, we're not going to get too many home runs from him, but he's going against the second-worst uh, team in baseball when it comes to team ERA. That's the Washington Nationals, so he's playing every single day. He has three games this weekend. Over his last week, he's 8 for 20, so he's batting 400 with uh, two runs, five RBIs, and he even got you a swipe. So uh, those, are my, uh, those are my weekend warriors, Edward Cabrera at the A's. Justin Steele versus the Brewers, Nick Pavetta at Baltimore, and then the hitters are Nico Horner, Vinny Pasquantino, and lastly, Hassan Kim. I love those. I, I'm always a little wary of Nick Pavetta, but other than that, I, I As think, you should those be. Are, think those are, are great calls there. Mendy, we, we do things in the context of baseball. It's Friday, Saturday, he's That's a right. Sunday start. You need some you need some Ks, maybe a win. You know he's going to go at least six innings. Going against Baltimore, which is a lackluster team in a really good ballpark. So it's a roll of the dice, as they always are, but that's why they're weekend warriors. And Drew Rasmussen was a one last week and he did pretty good. I think he took you down in one year league. He did. <laughs> I was at her, I lost by three points. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, no, Marty's on point usually with his weekend warriors. I, I, I love, especially the hitters. I think those are all great calls. Any of them are available, too. You got to pick those guys up. Vinny P's been on another level. Britain, see, this is why, like, I get scared with this, the hardcore song, so it's not gonna blow people's eardrums. Is that the same one that blew out, um, Toby's? Was no. that Toby's? Yeah, yeah, Toby's was a different song, but I was, I, I was hoping that that song was a little bit, like, more tame, but. I like no, that. that was great. That it was like, up. it was like a, like a fantasy movie song, warrior movie, like, you're walking through mountain regions, Running to your next village that you have to. I like that. Final Fantasy back. Baseball. Exactly. Final Fantasy Baseball. I like it. Uh, well, that's going to wrap us up here. We ended up. We weren't sure if we were going to get an hour today, but we did, and then some. We're uh, we're going to hit the hour mark right here, uh, fellas. Any work, uh, Marty Party? You got, of course, plug your two star pitchers where yep. people can find them. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So 
every Sunday morning for Fantrax, I'll be producing the two-star pitching article. It's a lot more updated than what I have for uh, for the show here because these pitching rotations are changing daily. So uh, hop onto my Twitter, Marty underscore Tallman. You can see it on the screen if you're on YouTube. And then just enjoy baseball. Just like you only got like a month left or a month and a half, you know, for the fantasy team, the fantasy league. So just enjoy it. Art, what do you got for us? Just if you're still listening right now, go to your uh, podcast listening app. Give us the highest rating that you could possibly give us on there. Think of a five-star rating like uh, like an investment in getting some steals, five steals next week from a player maybe. A five home yeah. runs. Yeah, of Nico Horner. Like This is this is karmic for you. Uh, uh, we really appreciate every listener we have. All of your ratings are so helpful to us in getting our show out to other people. So if you're listening right now, go to your podcast app. If you can rate and give us five stars. I really appreciate it. It does that Elsie said it best and you know no matter what if one of us is can't make a show two of us can't make a show every single week it's our it's our pretty much we all kind of our oath we said we're going to make sure we get an episode out every week we got the iron man cal ripkin marty party who has, doesn't miss any episodes but uh between Elsie and doc and myself missed a couple of last few weeks here Always will be something for you guys here, whether it's an interview, whether it's an, uh, a weekly podcast, whether whatever it is, uh, we put a lot of work in. You can see all the slides, all the, the stats, everything. So your guys' viewership, your guys' listenership, everything means the world to us. So really does. If, yeah. So YouTube, subscribe, like the video, comment something below. Podcast, like Elsie said, the five stars always help us get seen by more people. So go ahead and do that. Greatly appreciated. But for LC, for Marty Party, I'm B. Mendy. And just like that, another episode in the books. Wham, bam, baby. We gone.